Welcome to our podcast, Sounding Off with Kim Munson. Uh, be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. Uh, you'll get first look at all of our upcoming uh, podcasts, all of our upcoming op-eds. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And we would appreciate your help. Uh, keeping our independent voices alive, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion. We need to keep these things uh, free, for sure. And uh, I would appreciate your help in keeping our independent voice uh, on the airwaves and on the Internet. And you can do that by going to Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com, and contributing. On the line with me is Dr. Jill Vecchio. Uh, she is uh, one of the few people in America that actually read the Unaffordable Care Act, the PPACA. And uh, she understands what's in that. She's an expert on health care policy. And her day job, she's a radiologist, and she helps save women's lives by detecting breast cancer. Dr. Jill Vecchio, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Kim. These podcasts, yeah, these podcasts, <laughs> these conversations with you are so important. You are so well researched, uh, Jill. When you ha- see a subject, you totally delve into it, just like you did with the uh, Unaffordable Care Act. You read the whole thing, and I cannot believe that we are passing legislation that uh, the people that are voting on it they don't even know what's in it. That there is something that is uh, lazy, first of all, and immoral about that, Jill. Absolutely, and we talked about this in one of our prior podcasts. Colorado has statute that prevents or that limits the assembly, state assembly, from presenting any bill that has more than one issue in it. It can have it can concern one issue. You can't load in all of this secret stuff, side stuff, you know, bridges to nowhere kind of junk, just to negotiate the powers and make lobbyists happy. So yes, it's it's that's one of the many many things that need to be changed in our government. We need to streamline and simplify legislation coming out of Congress. Most definitely, and um, it's so interesting now with the Biden administration with what is going on. Uh, I was a little shocked on this. Um, power sharing agreement that McConnell and Schumer came up with. It looks to me like the Republicans uh, aren't sharing any power whatsoever. There's a 50-50 split between Republicans and Democrats in the the, uh, Senate. And um, it seems that it would make sense then in that case that that they would kind of divvy up the chairmanships of these different committees. But they didn't. They gave it all to the Democrats, maybe under the premise that Kamala Harris, as vice president, is the tiebreaker. But if you look at what the American people said, they said, we would like this more balanced. And so uh, I think that maybe Chuck uh, or uh, Mitch McConnell needs to go back to negotiating school, because I don't think he did a very good job on that, Jill. Uh, well, I think that that move just reinforces our suspicions all along that the Republican Party and the Democrat Party are all... For the most part, part of the same cabal. There is the political elite structure. They are not working for the people; they are working for themselves. It's all just emphasized in all the things that we've talked about on these last four podcasts, and that's fifty-eight, sixty, sixty-one, and sixty-two so far. So this will be sixty-three. It's really just meant to be kind of a continuation to educate people on what the real play is going on here. And we've all suspected. I mean, we've known Congress had a rotten approval rating. Nobody trusts their politicians, especially Congress. They haven't done anything valid 
they, they haven't done anything significant I, practically since Obamacare, right? I mean, <laughs> and that was significant, not good, but significant. Um, and, and at this point, uh, Republicans have been rolling over for Democrats for, what, since Clinton? Decades. And, uh, yeah. the, and I think the, the great blessing of all of this COVID, Wuhan virus reaction disruption, and all that, is, that has happened here is it's all been unmasked and unveiled. And people know or they need to do some work to educate themselves. That's why we do the, the show. That's why we do these podcasts. But uh, we need to educate ourselves because we now understand what is going on. What they say and what they do are two different things. Let's jump over here. This uh, We're recording this pre-impeachment. It looks like next week the Democrats are going to impeach. It's their favorite hobby is impeaching Donald Trump. And uh, he's not even president now. And they still want to impeach him. I don't quite get it. If he's not president, uh, how does that work? Jill, I know you've done a ton of research on this. So where should we start? Yes. Let's give a little background. So impeachment is in the Constitution. And there are several ways to remove an elected official or an appointed official from office. Most of the time you can fire them. Congress can vote its own members out, the two-thirds majority, if they want to get rid of certain members, and they're working on that, right, Mm -hmm. with Green and some other uh, congressmen and senators. I'm going to to use Congress to cover House and Senate. So when I say congressmen, I mean House or Senate for simplification purposes because it's an accurate term. Um, But, you know, so they can remove their own members with a two-thirds vote. Uh, they can, uh, but for the president, the only way to remove him from office is impeachment. Now, if the president, and you can remove uh, Supreme Court justices from impeachment, and there have been. In the past, the only officials that have actually been removed from office with impeachment are have been um, justices, okay. judges. The process of impeachment is the House brings up the articles of impeachment. They decide that the president is not doing his job, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, that the, or that he's done something wrong or has uh, perhaps committed a crime. Um, he has breached the public trust, so to speak. He's been a bad boy, mm-hmm. um, negligent, whatever. So the, it's up to the House to decide that, that the president needs to be potentially removed from office. They make up the articles of impeachment, carry them over to the Senate. The Senate has the sole responsibility of conducting the trial for the impeachment. So the impeachment is like an indictment, right? Mm-hmm. The House acts is like a grand jury. They are supposed to look at evidence, although they only did two hours this one for to impeach president. Um, they're supposed to look at evidence and can be extensive evidence and then decide to indict. So impeachment is the same as an indictment. The Senate then acts as judge and jury. Typically, for an impeachment trial, as you said, the chief justice, and this is in the Constitution, in the wording, exact wording of the Constitution, the uh, impeachment trials shall be overseen by 
the uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, period. Well, they're not doing that this time either. Because Roberts said that uh, he's not going to be there, right? Right. Justice Roberts isn't going to do it. So guess what? A Democrat, Leahy, a Democrat senator is going to preside. And how old is Leahy? How long has he been? Old. He's like in his 80s. Yeah, let me get a little information because uh, he's been in there. I think he's at least 80. Yeah. That's what I saw. I mean, really, come on. And, and, oh, and that's going to be a fair trial. This this whole thing is just... Uh, Actually, he was born in 1940. A, a, a circus. 1940. I just thought he was older than that as well. So... He was 80. Okay. Yeah, so it's 80. 60? Oh, yeah, I guess that's right. (laughs) No, he's not 80. He was born in 1940. (laughs) Sorry. And I used to be good at math. I know. Yeah, so he's 81. Okay. So there there are so many irregularities in this whole thing. And let's go back a little bit. At the time that the Constitution was written, they put impeachment in. Impeachment has been going on since ancient Rome, Right ancient Rome, they had the term impeachment to get people out that weren't doing their jobs or were criminals or corrupt or whatever. So the the use of impeachment has been present through England, and like we said before, our stuff is based heavily on English common law and the Magna Carta and the English justice system with a lot of improvements over their system. But when they said high crime and misdemeanor, so you're, you're in, can be impeached for regular crime or high crime and misdemeanor. And the problem is, for some reason, people refuse to look back at history and see what a high misdemeanor or high crime was at the time that the Constitution was written. And I have Rob Nadelson's book, The Original Constitution, what it said, what it actually said and meant. High misdemeanor was a description of a breach of fiduciary duty. And fiduciary duty is a really, fiduciary is a really cool word, actually. Um, it, it really means your duty to the entity. So if you are, uh, have a, a contract or like you have an employment contract, you have a fiduciary duty to do what's best for the company while you're employed with them. As an employee, it's your duty to do what's best for the company or the partnership. Or in this case, the president has a a fiduciary duty to do what's best for the country and to not... um, And as long as uh, it's legal, right? You have a fiduciary... Well, it wouldn't be best for the country if it was illegal. Right. Or a company as well, though. I I think it's important to understand that. Right. So, yeah. Um, So the idea is that it, it covers a broad array of terms, and there's a whole list of things, but I listed off a bunch of them, you know, negligence, you know, kind of uh, not handling finances correctly, not being uh, being distrustful. But the big thing is public trust and abuse of public trust. That, make, that covers a whole, a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Also, at, at the time, so it does not have to be an actual crime, at the time of... The, the right, the uh, ratification of the Constitution. Remember that senators were uh, were voted by the state legislators. Right. Were voted on by the state legislatures. 
So when you had an impeachment trial, you had a group in the House of Representatives elected by the common people, and then you had the Senate, which was meant to be obliging to the state legislatures. Now, as of the 17th Amendment, which another one of those great amendments signed at 1913, along with the income tax, right? Those progressive, yes, those progressive amendments. That changed the election of senators to the popular vote, which absolutely destroyed a critical balance of responsibility in our entire legislative branch. So the House and the Senate are both can really do whatever they want because they, they're elected by the common people. We know the common people aren't paying attention. So now we have people in power that are playing games that have no oversight by like a, a state legislature. So the, so many of the states right now are run by Republican governors and state legislatures that there would there could be some and there should be some balance there of of influence and say, hold on, hold on, this our state loves this, blah blah blah. Our state doesn't agree with this, blah blah blah. Well now the senators can do whatever they want because it's the general population that elects them. And let's face it, if there was voter fraud, then it could be that the several members of the Senate shouldn't even be there. Um, I mean, it, it's just where we're starting now is just such a gamish, and it's turned into such a mess. And in the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers, they both talk about how easy it's going to be for the uh, for Congress, for the for the political parties, whoever has the most power is going to want to get rid of whoever's president or whoever is in a certain office if they don't like them or want them out. They knew that this sort of thing would happen. That's why they set up the House and the Senate the way that they did to some extent, because they wanted to make sure that there would be an additional, not just the people, that there would be an additional oversight of the legislative branch. Does that make sense so far? It does. So I thought that was I thought that was some interesting history. Um, now let's see here. Uh, one of the well, and I didn't realize this either. I don't know how. Maybe everybody else does, and I don't know it. Andrew Jackson was impeached, but he wasn't actually actually removed from office. He was acquitted later on. Did you know I, that? No, I didn't know that. What was he I impeached for? That. Do you know what? Uh, they said it was. Um, hold on here. It's a little fact or fiction thing from a law group. Uh, let's see here. It says um, Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson or Andrew Jackson? Andrew Johnson. No, after is after Grant. Andrew Johnson. Okay. Um, Andrew Johnson was impeached but not convicted. He became president after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. He had been Lincoln's vice president. Served as president 1865 to 1869. House's primary charge against Johnson was a violation of the Tenure of Office Act. He was impeached, but eventually acquitted in 1868. Hmm. They said uh, his grounds for impeachment were flimsy and political in nature. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't take long. You know, we're, we're, there's no new history, right? Right. It repeats itself. Um, but there have been Supreme Court justices who were impeached, impeached convicted, and removed from office. Now, just because you 
um, so, so the so the Senate is responsible for removing from office. Now, if Trump, we can kind of go this way. If Trump, um, well, hold on, let me read. I'll, I'll read the articles. This is just the uh, legislative summary. And I'm going to remind everybody, whenever a piece of legislation is present, no matter how many pages long, there is always a legislative, uh, what is it called, legislative review summary or something like that. Um, really helpful. And it just gives you a brief description of what is in each part of that piece of legislation. So if it's a 5,000-page piece of, like Obamacare, the legislative summary was 56 pages, whereas the law was 2,700. So the best way to start is start with a summary, and then you go you go back and forth between the two. Because okay. the summary tells you this is the effect, this is really what this thing is saying. And then you move on to the next one. So the, the summary for the articles of impeachment is pretty short. Um, says prior to the joint session. Uh, let's see here. Prior to the joint session of Congress held on January 6, 2021, um, President Trump repeatedly issued false statements, asserting that the presidential election results were fraudulent and should not be accepted by the American people or certified by state or federal officials. We'll, we'll take that. False statements. How do they know they were false? They were never. No evidence was ever heard in a court of law. Well, and I had everyone uh, thrown out on procedural grounds, exactly, or, or standing. And and I had John Eastman on the show a few weeks ago, who was one of uh, President Trump's right. attorneys. And you are exactly correct; they were the the evidence was never allowed to be presented. Uh, it was, right. uh, and again, it was on procedural grounds. And they were, exactly. I think that what they were doing, they were playing the clock. They were trying to push this out so that those that. The um, the proof could never be presented, or that side of the case could never be presented, and uh, I think that was their goal. Um, oh, definitely. And with the with the corruption, it shows how much the courts are corrupt as well. Um, everybody's compromised these days. And then the the next one. Shortly before the joint session commenced, President Trump reiterated false claims to a crowd near the White House and willfully made statements to the crowd that encouraged and foreseeably resulted in lawless action at the Capitol. Well, you know, let's find out the truth about that. Mm-hmm. The next one, members of the crowd incited by President Trump, they don't say how, unlawfully breached and vandalized the Capitol, engaged in other violent, destructive, and seditious acts, including the killing of a law enforcement officer. Again, all what really happened during that whole event had not even been begun to be investigated when they made these accusations. Next one, President Trump's conduct. On January 6, 2021, followed his prior efforts to subvert and obstruct the certification of the presidential election, which included a threatening phone call to the Secretary of State of Georgia on January 2, 2021. So Trump is being impeached twice, in part for two phone calls. Yeah. (laughs) Did you listen to the phone call? I did not. I did. I listened to the whole phone call. Basically, it's, it's the opposite of, it's kind of not a threatening phone call. When you really look bet- listen between the lines, I suppose, uh, what Trump is really doing is just giving this guy an opportunity to come clean. And you get, you get, it's because Trump is asking this guy questions, and most of the time the guy isn't answering. There were like several. There were a lot of people on the phone call. There were like probably eight people on the phone call, including like four lawyers for Trump, including Cleta Mitchell, who I actually know from Doctor Patient Care in Washington. Anyway. And and just um, a note on that, if somebody was really going to, if you were going to threaten somebody, 
Are you going to have a whole bunch of other people on the on the line with you? I mean, that just doesn't exactly. make sense. No, and and the Secretary of State Raffensperger or whatever, he also there were like two other guys with him. So it, it, the whole thing was it, was it was a group phone call, you know? Yeah. So so Trump essentially was saying, um, now I hear that some ballots have been shredded. Is that true? No. Um, are you sure? That that because I mean it's like Trump doesn't ask it's like a lawyer he wasn't asking this guy any questions that he didn't already have the answer to, and I think that's a lot of this stuff is going to come out soon. I don't I'm hoping it's during this trial, but we'll see. Okay. But um, the the, uh, the 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 whole threatening thing was that Trump is Trump is kind of going okay. So we've got all this evidence of fraud, dead voters, people under the age, under 18 that voted, um, people that weren't living at the same address, the right address that voted, blah, 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 irregular ballots, all this stuff. You know, all you got to do is just decertify some of these. And I win the state. That's what he was saying. Do you not find it? I mean, there's a, several things regarding this January 6th thing. First of all, the... Um, on the timeline, my understanding is is that this uh, they call it storming of the Capitol. That, right. but it that occurred. Yeah. Trump was still speaking, uh, right. and uh, the storming of the Capitol. I actually had an eyewitness on the show a few weeks ago, and she said she was at the rally, and there was around three hundred and fifty to maybe half million, six hundred thousand people there. She said it was very festive. Everybody was peaceful. Another anecdotal example, uh, a friend of uh, one of the guests that I had on the show, they had been there and they said there was not one T-shirt stolen. There was not one vendor's cart turned over, which is totally different than what happened all summer long where uh, Black Lives Matter, who if you go to Black Lives Matter and hit contribute, it goes to the fundraising arm for the Democrat Party that tore up people's lives this summer with rioting. But anyway, my um, oh, I've my... got something better. Can I interrupt you for a sure. second? Sure. Yeah, this is cool. If you go to antifa.com, or unless they've changed it, but as of I think a week ago, I'll do you it go right to now. antifa a n t i f a dot com, and it connects you directly to the White House. Whitehouse.gov. Okay, hold on here. This is you continue on. Everybody I'm going to do this again. It's just bizarre. I'm going to do it and see if it still does. Because last week I did it. It still does. Yes. It still goes to the White House. Unbelievable. Okay, everybody, 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 do this. Do this as soon as you can. Antifa.com, and it goes directly, big picture Biden, whitehouse.gov, the official government site. It, you explain that to me. Yeah. Why is that? Well, and why is it still there? I mean, I was like, really? Because okay. if this was a hack job, which you would think it have to be, you would think. They would have fixed it. By now, because why we, haven't they fixed it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Couple of of other things. Then this uh, breaching of the Capitol occurred, and Trump was still speaking. That's the first thing. So the timeline doesn't work. The breaching well, of the can leave, uh, let's, let's just let's let's say people can leave a talk early. They don't usually leave President Trump's talk, but from a gal that was on Bannon's show, she was in the VIP section up front when it when word got out that Pence sent that letter. That word got out while Trump was still speaking. People started going crazy. Everybody's looking at their phones. Everybody's going, did you hear what Pence just did? Did you see what Pence just did? And a bunch of people, because they'd been standing out there in the cold for hours and hours, a bunch of people started to leave. So I, I'm not going to – so we can't say 
that Trump people absolutely positively were not involved in the initial stuff. You know, I'm just I'm saying I'm I'm convinced that it's Antifa and that the whole thing was a setup. That's what I'm convinced. Well, of. so this is what but. I this is what I think happened, Jill. Because um, first of all, you have a half million people there, and and nothing is stolen, nothing is torn up. And my eyewitness person that was on the show said that she did go over to the Capitol and that there were where they came up to the Capitol. There was kind of a small, flimsy fence, unlike Nancy Pelosi's wall that we now have around the people's house. And uh, if, in fact, they thought there was going to be any issues, it seems like you would have some ex- uh, increased security. She's, and so the eyewitness said oh, there was maybe eight Capitol police there and they kind of moved the fence like they were inviting people in. Right. And uh, so I can imagine people are probably curious uh, and it looks like you can go in, you go in. But she, what she said was it was really interesting though when they got over to the Capitol that there was a bunch of people they were dressed all in black and Mm. they had gas masks, they had helmets, they had thick wooden sticks. And uh, she said that I've never seen anybody go to a Trump rally like that. And in fact, we know that that one of the people that was arrested was Antifa. So right. people need to understand evidence. that. There's a yeah. ton of video. There's a ton of evidence. There's video that an Antifa guy took showing the guards escorting Antifa up the steps in the Capitol building. So, I mean, come on. So, yeah, and we don't need to try the case here. I kind of wanted to talk about... Okay. I mean, you know, some of the impeachment stuff in general and kind of the theory behind it and what seems to be the legality of actually even going through this at all. Okay. And I cut you off. You said we were at the fourth thing where presidents that he was threatening. Uh, So is there anything else? Yeah. So, yes, um, President Trump gravely endangered the security of the United States and its institutions of government threatened the integrity of the democratic system, interfered with a peaceful transition of power, and imperiled a co-equal branch of government. And by such conduct, President Trump warrants impeachment and trial, removed from office and disqualification to hold U.S. office. Now, let's look at why. Why did they choose this late date? Because, you know, what they're really accusing Trump of, and what they're going to think, sedition, 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 right, insurrection. Insurrection, insurrection, inciting insurrection. Okay, well, you know, that's, that's a crime. He's out of office. Why not just charge him with a crime and try him in criminal court? He's not president. The purpose of impeachment of a president is to remove him from office. Impeaching a president doesn't keep you from, keep the criminal justice system from then also charging him with a crime or he can also be civilly sued. Uh, um, and like actually Clinton was civilly sued uh, anyway. Um, so he could, so he can, he has, but he typically has to be removed from office first impeached. Then he can be tried in a regular criminal court, but that's only if he's president. But the other thing that's not president anymore, then he can be tried in a criminal court. The other thing that you said, though, is remove him from office or prevent him from ever running again. I think that's what the the game plan is here, because I think that they're concerned that he might uh, come back into public office. 
Well, you know, and in, in some ways, I'm kind of like, that's kind of ridiculous. He's he's 80 years old now. He'll be, he would be 80 years old in, he's 76 now, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. So he would be 80 years old in 2024. I don't think, I don't think, I mean, I'd love to have him as president again. I don't think. Plus, he's got kids that are fantastic. I mean, you know, yeah, a Trump would be great in the White House, but not necessarily Donald Trump. I, let's look at what else they lose. As of, let's see here, former, there's a former President's Act that was passed. Um, Dwight Eisenhower was the first president to fall under this act. It was, um, let's see. It's called the Former President's Act. This said that former presidents get certain um, benefits, like they'll have a they'll have a pension. Um, they get uh, Secret Service, which is huge, um, and that's gone back and forth a little bit. But can't remember. Oh, uh, there was a limitation on it for like ten years or something. Now that was reversed in 2013. So a former president gets permanent Secret Service detail protection. I think that's a pretty they good idea. Get, yeah, they get a pension, but what, is, what does Trump care about a pension? Or what does he care about a certain amount of money for office staff? He didn't care about that. He didn't need it. He, he didn't take a salary the whole time. Right. So, so what? So he doesn't care about that. The other thing is they don't get intelligence briefings. Our former presidents are allowed to have intelligence briefings because they'll go around speaking and, you know, meeting with dignitaries elsewhere. So they need to have some basic intelligence briefings so they kind of know what the play is, mm-hmm. right, internationally. Mm-hmm. That's the argument. Now, Trump thought about removing Obama's right to intelligence briefings, and I think for very good reason, in my opinion. Um, and now Biden's little, um, what is this, the circle around girl, Jen Psaki uh-huh. or something? Yeah, the circle back circle with around, you. <laughs> yeah, circle back girl. Um, she needs a stylist, I'm just saying. Um, anyway, she, she announced at a press conference that, that the Biden administration was considering revoking Trump's access to intelligence briefings. To me, and, and apparently there have been many assassination attempts on Trump's life that we've never heard about. And I believe that because I'm always kind of like, if everybody in Washington hates this guy so much, how is he still alive? If everybody hates him so much, how is he still around? Um, I think part of their reasoning, although, I mean, they say that he should be removed from office and not be able to hold office again. Let's face it, the Democrats never say what their real play is, right? They never admit what the real deal is. I think a lot of the real deal is to remove Secret Service and not have intelligence briefings. Oh, hadn't even thought about that. Okay. I think his chance. I, I think the. I think the idea that he's going to run what public office? He can do much better outside of any public office. Uh, and in twenty twenty four, he's going to be eighty years old. Who wants to do that? Forget it. His kids are are totally capable. You know, mm-hmm. and and I think he was grooming Ivanka and John and Don Jr. for being the next presidential candidate. So I, I don't see that there's a problem here, you know what I mean? Okay. I, I, now, uh, there's another weird scenario. So there's, they're claiming that, um, 
Oh, oh, and one of the justifications they gave for Leahy, rather than Chief Justice Roberts presiding over this, is that ex-officials in the past have been, uh, impeachments have been overseen by someone other than uh, the Chief Justice. And so there have been, there's at least one case of an ex-official, not president at all, I mean, this is a lower-level official, being impeached after he left office specifically so he couldn't hold any other public offices. And that was presided over by, I think it was either the president of the Senate or some, some other member of the Senate. So, but that's much less than a president, right? Um, and just to note, Leahy has been in the Senate... Since 1975. Can you believe that? Term limits. Can you say term limits? Now, the American people should, we should be able to do that at the ballot box, but obviously we're not doing a very good job at it. (laughs) Right. So, so there's, okay, so the argument for impeaching a former president is really weak. I'd love to go down the line of, well, maybe they think they have to impeach him because... Maybe they know that he's president. <laughs> Maybe they know. Here, let's just go down this because it is kind of a fun little rabbit hole. Maybe they really do know that Trump is president, and they want, not that I think this is all real, but it's fun to entertain the idea. Um, Maybe they really think that, well, they probably do know that Trump really is president because there's mass election fraud. And um, so if they impeach Trump, then they somehow think they can remove him from office. But then they'd be admitting that he really is president. Uh-huh. And if he really is president, then there was massive election fraud that was perpetrated by whom? Interesting. Biden, Pelosi, Obama, Hillary Clinton. And if they, if they inaugurated a president that they knew wasn't elected legally then isn't that a coup d'etat? Ooh, ooh. You think we can get the isn't ah, that, ooh. <laughs> isn't that, so it's kind of like, uh, now the question is, what, in, what would Trump's legal team, which is still really up in the air, which I love, keep, keep your enemy guessing, right? Keep them always unbalanced. They don't know who they're going to have to deal with or what the issues are going to be, right? Um, if... What if Trump's team went after, yeah, well, we're, let's, let's show the election fraud, because clearly if you're impeaching Trump, then you must think he's still the president. Mm. So let's, let's, let's talk about that. Um, clearly they can go through all of the information and evidence now that shows that Antifa or that, that, that the whole Capitol attack the insurrection was a setup. Um, that'll be interesting. And, and, I, that'll be that'll be easily shot down. But the whole idea of impeaching a president when the purpose of impeachment is to remove him from office, and he is removed from office. He knows he's out of office. Why? Why is he such a threat to you? Intelligence briefings, and if they want to do something about to President Trump permanently, get rid of his Secret Service detail. That puts him, makes him very vulnerable. 
Of course, he has enough money he could hire uh, security as well. But but I hadn't sure. really thought about that. Uh, Jill, just a comment on that. Uh, I'd seen a video on Facebook, so total uh, disclaimer here, and it was three young people that had been at the Trump rally and then went to the Capitol, and their account, uh, eyewitness account, was that basically they were kind of ushered in, if you will, and that they just walked through the hall and then they walked out. But they, the implication they thought was this was so the media could get uh, the photo op of uh, Trump supporters being in the Capitol. And the fact that one person was shot and and killed, this young woman, it is absolutely heartbreaking. But uh, the, I think it was on this Facebook video, is then it seemed like these Antifa like looking people were going, somebody's been shot, somebody's, a woman's been shot, trying to get the, the crowd ginned up, which yeah. didn't really happen. Uh, and, and once again, it's because, you know, this is everyday, regular people that would not get ginned up on something like that. The whole, that, that whole shooting thing was very, very strange. Uh, there was a great analysis. I think it was Epoch Times, Epic Times, E-P-O-C-H Times, had a video analysis, and they may have even had two different people from two different angles do it, but there's this one, uh, a Chinese reporter who was there, and she analyzed the footage. Oh, of, it was I Japanese. Think, she was, it was a Japanese, Japanese. reporter. Oh, Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the footage. And it was really interesting. She, she was saying, I was watching everybody around, and there were like three guys that were probably Antifa. I think they did identify one of them. And it's weird. It's like he walked away and changed clothes, picked up a backpack, and snuck down the stairs. Right. I saw that, too. And it was just very strange. And so I I don't know. That video was weird. There's something just doesn't sit right about that shooting, Um, like, at all. Um, Yeah. So anyway, um, that that was kind of one of the little fun sidebar things. And it's kind of like, okay, if I'm if I'm not president, then this case should just be dismissed to begin with. What will be interesting, and I'm sure infuriating and, and frustrating, will be what Leahy does or does not choose to allow mm-hmm. as it's going to be a sham trial. Whatever it is, it's going to be a sham. Now, and it'll depend on how much Trump's team can get through. But again, why are we even bothering with this? You know, the way it's set up, it's ripe for... And I don't know. Can you can you appeal this trial to the Supreme Court? It's not. I'm not hearing. I'm not seeing anything about any recourse to a sham impeachment and trial. What 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 recourse would President Trump have? I don't know. We'd probably need to go back and figure out how Johnson got acquitted. You know. I don't know. I don't know that either. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Mm Hmm. More homework. More homework. Um, yeah. I always thought Andrew Johnson was removed from office, but he wasn't. Wasn't very popular, but... Clearly, I need to do more of my... Do a little more history studying, uh, Jill. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what all this is going to be for. You know, we always learn as much as... And usually more, but uh, whatever we present to people, I hope that... I, I, I just want... I want people to hear things that they're not hearing anywhere else. And, and the sad thing is, as many, quote, investigative reporters and, quote, uh, experts and all this, you, you give somebody literally like 
two minutes of an interview, and everybody just ends up saying the same general thing, and nobody really learns the issue. Mm-hmm. Online news is five paragraphs, and we move on to the next thing. You really don't learn the issue. So that's kind of why I think these um, these podcasts, that's my purpose in these podcasts, is to really educate people so they understand how this stuff really works, what the historical significance is, and how wonderful and brilliant our founders were mm-hmm. that they did all this reading, had all this experience, did all this study and consideration, arguing amongst themselves to try and get us the best country possible. And I think they did a darn good job. Well, I think they did for sure. Uh, we did a quote just recently of uh, Mark Twain, where he basically said, and I was looking for innovation quotes, and he basically said that America could have stopped at the very first thing that they invented and basically called it a day, and that was human liberty. And we have taken it for granted. We've gotten lazy. Uh, I think that there's been such a, there's so much information out there that it's difficult for people to, to, to discern it. That's why we do the show. That's why we do these podcasts and these op-eds is to keep these an independent voice uh, that is searching for truth and clarity to help you get through these issues. So this impeachment, it looks like it's going to start on February 8th. At least that's what uh, news reports are saying right now. Uh, what else do you think about this, Jill? I think it'll be interesting. I, I'm not sure. This is the best chance for the election fraud evidence to be presented. Whether or not Leahy will have the authority to suppress that evidence is questionable, although it is a charge, and they, they, I mean, due process, I mean, they have to be able to prove that those allegations of election fraud were not false, as, as is, you know, accused in the articles of impeachment. So they have to be able to, you know, well, they should have to, I mean, let's face it, these people do whatever they damn well please these days. It doesn't make any difference what... The Constitution says what law says. None of it makes any difference anymore. And that's what makes it frightening. I I feel like I'm in a foreign country. Hey, Jill, when I'm talking with you, it gets my brain going. And I just had realized it uh, said Supreme Court Justice uh, John Roberts said that he will not preside over this. And it seemed like I saw some quote because that he said it. I can't find it exactly. But anyway... I was thinking that maybe he was do. I was getting the uh, the idea that he was doing this because the, he thought this thing was a sham, and uh, I think I'm I'm deducing that myself. But I now I'm looking at it as you've said they are always thinking, you know, several steps ahead. So Roberts comes out, and he, as the chief justice, should be standing for the Constitution, due process, letting all evidence be, be brought forward. And, but he says, no, I'm not going to be there. And so they put this uh, guy that's been in office since 1975 is presiding over this, and he will have the power to gavel down things that he may not want to be heard. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing this may be some grand strategy. 
between Roberts well, and, and, and Leahy and, and everybody. It could be. But, but, but let's think about the point that why, why our founders put in the Constitution that the chief justice of the Supreme Court has to preside over an impeachment. And impeachment is such a big deal of a president. It's such a big deal. We have three branches of government, not two. So we've now gone from a trial to remove the executive, like one entire branch of our government, removing that branch of government, the person in charge of it, We've, we've taken it from all three branches being involved in that process to two. Interesting. And if, the, and if they suppress if they suppress evidence, which I'm, I would not doubt at all that they will, uh, then it's one branch of government that is acting to do this. And a dictator doesn't have to be one person. It can actually be uh, one entity that has tremendous, <laughs> tremendous power. So, um, okay, well, Jill, this is going to be very interesting what happens with the impeachment. I think that we probably will need to do another podcast as, uh, as we're going through the process or at the end of that. What else would you like our listeners to know today? Um, I'm not sure what else needs to be said right now, and I don't know that I even need to say it, but every person should be so afraid for our country if this is allowed to stand. I don't doubt that the impeachment will be a sham. I don't doubt that the trial will be a sham. I, I have... I, I don't think that they will have the votes to actually get rid of Trump. But they, if, if we can never find out what really happened with the election fraud, then that's a big deal. Now, we all know what happened in Myanmar. Did you, mm-hmm. you know about that? Yes. Okay, so Burma, former Burma. Right, so there's election fraud. There's a, there are a lot of reports that they use the same Dominion software and all the, the, the machines and the, and the uh, whatever that software is. Anyway, um, and that that created a false election result. The military came in and said, hold on, we got to evaluate this, that kind of thing. Myanmar is kind of setting a little bit of a uh, pretext for at least presenting some of this evidence. Um, on Dominion? But on Dominion, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with it. But if we never get to the bottom of this election fraud, our country's done. We're done. Period. Their next step is going to be to get down to city councils. They've already done attorneys general, secretaries of state. And they've been working on city councils and county commissioners. Yeah. Yep. The county county commissioners and sheriffs. Mm -hmm. Sheriffs are the last bastion of constitutional law for the average citizen, right? They can be the most powerful person in the county because it's their job to uphold the Constitution on a county level. Um, so, but, but, you know, the, the left is, the, well, no, I'm going to say the cabal, right? The, the elitist group that wants to totally control this country and take it down are going after every single level of office. So if you say politics is local, believe me, they're coming local. 
So, no, if you think you're going to have some control because you have a local office, give it up. And just because they have an R behind their name does not mean that they uphold your individual freedom or a smaller government. And that's why they don't care about us. Right. That's why we need (laughs) to be very careful, not vote for party, but make sure that we have candidates that are there as uh, representatives of we the people. Yeah, well, (laughs) at least we can try and get them into office. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the bottom line. We're not going to be able to get them into office. Not enough. Not enough of them to make it to enforce the Constitution to its right for the country. Well, we can't give up, Jill. And the fact that probably close to 80 million people voted for Donald Trump, and I think another half of the whatever 68 million or whatever supposedly that voted for Biden, uh, I think half of them would not have voted for Biden if they'd known the truth about uh, Hunter Biden's ties to China yeah, and all of really, these other things. Uh, and yeah, so you and I haven't talked much about the Hunter Biden laptop, but yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, Disgusting. We, we should probably do, yeah, we should probably do that at some point. But I think, my friends, we need to take great hope in this. Is a this all this has been unmasked? It's been unveiled. And, and we now need to step up, search for truth, uh, s- uh, search for clarity, and uh, keep our independent voices alive. And we need to get active regarding candidate selection, um, election integrity. Those are the two things that we really need to go to work on right now, Jill. Yep, absolutely. we got to get the truth. We just seek truth. Seek truth, folks. Seek we truth. are all digital reporters at this point. Everybody do your research because the, the media is not doing what they're supposed to do. It's our job now. It's our job, and that's why we do the, the show and this podcast. Dr. Jill Vecchio, I so appreciate it. It's always a fascinating conversation, and uh, really, uh, thank you. Thank you. Take care, Kim. Okay, my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.